Good morning. Welcome to week three of a series we're calling The Wind. We're learning together about the Holy Spirit. Now, um, I need you to know, just before we jump into our scripture, if you're a volunteer, because volunteers rock, uh, we have a gift for you each Sunday. So if you go to the community center, there's a table there. We have a gift for you that we want to give you. Now, if you're not a volunteer and you try and take a gift, we will put you on the naughty list and you will not get presents at Christmas, okay? So uh, don't take a gift, but volunteers, regular volunteers, please, uh, please do that after the service. I want to invite you to stand with me if you would. Uh, I'm going to read a passage of scripture. It'll be on the screen. Uh, this is from the letter that Paul wrote to the Christians in Ephesus. This is what he tells you and I. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, this is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Thanks so much for standing. Well, together, for a few weeks, we're uh, discovering the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, we're in the same uh, vein of thought and understanding uh, as happened in the early book of Acts. Acts uh, is the fifth book in the New Testament, and it records the acts of the first disciples of Jesus. That's why it's called Acts. And all the way in Acts chapter 19, several decades in, Uh, The disciples went to some people who began to follow Jesus, and they asked them this question. They said, hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And this was their response. They said, we didn't even know that there was a Holy Spirit. And we're kind of in that same day and age and thought patterns today. We don't really know. Who who is the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit? We have uh, a lot of people came from backgrounds where the Holy Spirit was packaged in ways that made the Holy Spirit seem odd and unusual, and so some people have reject rejected the Holy Spirit that way. Uh, as a culture, we're more and more uh, illiterate about the things of God, and so even knowing that there is a Holy Spirit, it's kind of like, what are you talking about? What is the Holy Spirit? And, and really, just to kind of boil it down, this is how Paul said it to the Christians in Galatians. He said, listen, that we're to walk by the Spirit. Is there anything more normal than taking a walk. Here's what Paul is saying. The Holy Spirit's not weird. The Holy Spirit uh, wants to be a part of your everyday life, your walk through life. You can have access to the Holy Spirit. Now, it's incredibly important, especially today, that we understand what Paul is telling us here in this passage about being filled with the Holy Spirit, because we're in a very sad moment in, our, uh, in the history of our country. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but Twitter, uh, when you're on Twitter, if you're on Twitter, I know if you're not on Twitter, the president's on Twitter. I'm not going to comment on that. That's a whole other sermon, right? Uh, but Twitter's just a, it's a, a social media platform, and uh, Twitter can go in, and they can kind of analyze how people are feeling based on what people tweet. And uh, there was a graph, I saw this this week, just at when the Las Vegas shooting happened. Uh, Twitter recorded that day as the saddest day in almost 10 years. I don't know if you can see this graph, but it's just kind of data points. And then all the way over there at the right is the uh, mass shooting in Las Vegas that just happened um, this last week. It was, for us as a country, 
an incredibly sad moment. And I think the reason it's so sad is, one, it just keeps happening again and again, and we're all waiting for the next one, right? But we don't see a way forward. And we're kind of collectively throwing up our hands. We, we kind of did that, and we still are as we're trying to sort our way through this and, and figure out what to do next. We don't know what to do. We're kind of in despair as a culture. We're heartbroken as a country, and we're filled with something that we don't like, and we don't know how to move past it. And so what you need to hear today, and what we're going to talk about, is what Paul says right here, is that we can be filled with something else. That you and I can be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And we don't have to despair. That's what we're going to talk about today. So we've, uh, we've, we're using this prayer, this um, kind of like the Holy Spirit prayer, as an access point to help us understand what the Holy, who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit came to do in us and through us. And it's very, very simple. I'm going to invite you to, to say it and pray it with me here uh, out loud. Uh, here it is on the screen. Ready? Let's say, say this together let's, as a prayer. Ready? Come, Holy Spirit, all the way down, all the way in, all the way through. One more time. Ready? Come, Holy Spirit all the way down, all the way in, and all the way through. In other words, we're saying, listen, I want everything that you have to come all the way down. I, I want you to come all the way in. I don't want you to leave any part of me untouched. And then I want you to come all the way through. I want you to make the biggest possible impact that you can through my life. And so we spent uh, the last two weeks looking at uh, who's the person of the Holy Spirit. Come all the way down. And so we even looked the first week at how the word spirit is actually in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Ruach is the Hebrew word in the Old Testament. Pneuma is the word in the New Testament. They both mean a breath of air, a, a, a violent force, a, a power. Um, so that even that word spirit is sometimes confusing. But it's, it's the idea that God's spirit enables us to catch our breath. <sighs> okay, I'm going to be okay. And then last week we looked at how, how Jesus fulfilled these uh, Jewish holidays, one of, of which is Pentecost. And Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit came on the early church, and it was a fulfillment of uh, that, that feast that the Jews still celebrate to this day. It was fit, Pentecost means 50. And we found out that the Holy Spirit is meant to be a source of power for our life, enabling us to live a different kind of a life. And you can go back and you can watch those two messages. But today we're going to talk about what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. I, I want to just describe to you what you can expect I've, a number of times I've been repelling. I don't know if you've ever been repelling, but in repelling, you, you take a rope, you tie it on to something, you get a harness, you, you harness yourself in, and then you get on a, the edge of a perfectly good cliff, and you push yourself off. It's crazy. Uh, but when you do it, you, you get, they back you up to the edge, and you're holding on uh, for dear life, and you get to the edge of the cliff, and they tell you, if this is how you're standing, they tell you to lean your body until your body is parallel to the ground, and you're held only by the rope, and then you push off, and they do what's called bounding, and you all the way down. Really fun. Now, some of you are like, I'll never do that in a million years. It's great. <laughs> but before you do it, what they do is they tell you what to expect. Now listen, here's what's going to happen. Here's what it's, it's going to feel like. Here's what's going to happen inside of your body. Here's, how you're, here's what you're going to need to do. They tell you what to expect. So I want to tell you what you can expect when you are filled with God's Holy Spirit. Now, to do that, uh, I want to give you a, 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 a picture, and it's a, a familiar picture, I think, to you, um, and the picture is baptism. Baptism, there are actually three baptisms in the New Testament, and they mark three different stages on a, a, your spiritual journey. 
And I want to describe what those three stages are. Uh, but the word, you need to know this, this is important. Uh, the word baptism itself is actually a Greek word, baptizo, which means to immerse. So whenever you read the word baptism, it's actually a Greek word. And, and it means to be immersed in something, to be, to be completely uh, covered by something, to be fully a part of something, to be immersed. And so the first baptism, the first step in your spiritual journey and in my spiritual journey is baptism into the body of Christ. You could call this salvation. This is the moment of uh, beginning to follow Jesus. Uh, and, and so what, what we mean when we talk about that, uh, we say that first baptism, it's, it's not a visible thing, it's an invisible thing. Uh, when that happens, we're being immersed into something. When you become a follower of Jesus, you're not uh, at that point committing to go to church every week. Uh, you're not at that point saying, I now agree with this certain set of doctrinal statements. Uh, you're not even saying that I'm going to read the Bible for 35 minutes every day and pray for an hour. You're, you're not saying any of that. You're, you're saying when you begin following Jesus, I want to immerse myself in Jesus' way of doing things in the world, and I'm going to immerse myself in with his people. This is a, an immersion into a lifestyle, not adopting a set of beliefs. Now, there are a set of beliefs that go along with that. But if that's all you think it is, then you have mi you've missed the point of what is even happening when you're, when you're saved, when God rescues you, when God forgives you, when you're baptized and you're immersed into the body of Christ. When I was a kid, uh, we would go to the pool. There were public pools. I don't know if there are public pools here when it used to be in the day. But back in the day, uh, public pools. And the shallow end would have kind of that wave pool thing. At least the pool I went to had the wave pool where you could kind of walk in. And you remember in the spring when it would be kind of still a little bit cold out, but the pool would be open? And you would go out and you would put your toe in the water and you'd go, Ooh, oh, it's going to go. And then you would, you would go, and then you'd have somebody who would wade in, and they would wade in, and they would shiver all the way in. Maybe you still see this at the water parks today. You know, someone goes, and they, they shiver all the way in. That was one way that you could do it, and you would dip your toe in. And many people, when they, they think that what you're being asked to do when you follow Jesus is dip your toe in, you're not being asked to do that. You're asked to do the other thing, which is you go down to the other end of the pool, and what do you do? Right? To completely immerse yourself in what's going on. So this is what Paul says. He says in 1 Corinthians 12, he says, we're all, we are all baptized. We're all immersed. We jump into the deep end by one spirit, by this, by this Holy Spirit, into one body. That metaphor of the body of Christ is all the way through the New Testament describing the, the people of God. And he says this, uh, you're all sons, you're all daughters of God through faith in Jesus. For all of you were immersed, uh, covered, all the way in the deep end with Christ, and because you've clothed yourself with Christ. Um, this, is, this is the first step in your spiritual journey. And listen, uh, this is the message of Jesus. The message of Jesus is, is incredibly, uh, in one way, very narrow and very exclusive. Because Jesus says there isn't another way into this. There's no other path up the mountain. Uh, and Jesus says, in fact, in John, he says, listen, I, I am the gate. And whoever enters through me will be saved. There's not, there's not another path or another person or another way in. This is it. I, I am it. And if you want the real and authentic experience of God, if you want to be immersed, that, that first step for you is baptism into the body of Christ. It's immersion into the way of Jesus. Now, the second one is visible, and we do it here. We have a big pool we set up here a couple times a year, and we, do, uh, we baptize with water. Uh, and that's a visible way to express what's 
happened in that baptism into the body of Christ, that act of salvation. And it's separate, though, from the act of becoming a follower of Jesus, having your sins forgiven, having a new start to your life. And the reason is, is because uh, if, you, if you were baptized and you thought that's how you were made right with God, then you would think that you could earn your way to God's acceptance. And I would do this thing. So there, there are people who think still that if you're baptized by water, that's the thing that saves you. Some people are taught from the time that they're little that if you have a baby, that you need to bring your baby to the church and um, your baby needs to be baptized. And if your baby's not baptized and your baby were to die, your baby would go to hell. Or if you're not baptized at some point, you would go to hell. Well, that's, it's, a separate, it's a separate baptism in the New Testament to show you that this is not how you're made right with God. It's, it's an expression of your faith and trust in God uh, when you are actually baptized. Now, there's some weird teachings about this whole thing of baptism. There are even some people who say uh, the words that get said over you when you are dunked under the water have to be correct or you're not baptized. It would almost be like you go to heaven and you, you say, hey, God, here I am. I'm in heaven. And God says to you, you know what? You were under the water when this happened, so you didn't hear it. But the guy said the wrong thing. I'm sorry. You're not allowed in. Right? <laughs> there, there's just no support in all of the New Testament for any of those kinds of weird views. This is just what, this, this is all that happened in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Those who accepted the message of Jesus, they were baptized. They were water baptized. They were dunked under the water. It was, this was their response. This is, the, this is the second step in your journey, is once you have received Jesus and you've begun following Jesus, the next step is you make it visible. When you receive Jesus, it's a personal decision, but it's never meant to stay personal or private. It's meant to be public. Uh, it's like when you get married, and if you got married and you just said, you know, I don't, I don't want to wear a wedding ring because I don't want anybody to know the commitment that I made. Well, you weren't ready to get married at that point, right? <laughs> Why, well, your wedding, like Martin Luther said, baptism is the wedding ring of faith, right? It's, it's the sign of what God has done in your heart. It's the visible sign of what God has done in your heart. I've actually talked people out of being baptized and said, listen, because they, they thought it was like, almost like this superstitious thing that if they were baptized, everything would be okay. And that they would be saved. And like, no, 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 it's the second step in the journey that marks that, you've, that you know that God's immersed you into his way of life. So this is, how, this is how Jesus said it. He said, whoever acknowledges me publicly before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But listen now, this is a warning here. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. So you might need to take the step of pulling out that connect card in front of you and checking the box that says, man, I'm ready. I, I have been... I've begun following Jesus, but I need to take this next, visible, next step in my journey. And it's a powerful moment. When you go into that water, I, people say it all the time. It's one of the most powerful moments of their life when they realize what God's done in their life. Now, here's the third one. It's what we're talking about through this series. Uh, it's the baptism or the immersion in the Holy Spirit. This is the third step in your spiritual journey. Now, I'm going to show you a passage of Scripture where you see all three of these baptisms happening, all these three of these immersions happening in a person's life in Acts chapter 8. Uh, Acts chapter 8, one of the disciples' names was Philip, and he went to a city in Samaria, and he was proclaiming the Christ, the Messiah there. Uh, but when they believed Philip, there's that first immersion. I, I, I believe that Jesus died for my sins, and I accept that he's done that on my behalf. As he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and in the name of Christ, then they were baptized. They were baptized in the water. There's the second baptism. 
both men and women. And then it goes down a little bit later in that passage. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. And when they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive what? What's the word? The Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. See, there's that, that third baptism. Now, I think the reason that there are three of these kind of distinct things that happen is so that we don't confuse what we do with what God does. I'm not made right with God by the fact that I'm water bapti- baptized in the water. I'm not made right be- by being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm made right because of Jesus. 100% completely. Here's how, here's how John says it in his letter. He says, there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father and the Word. John loved to talk about Jesus as the Word. He begins his gospel. The, the, in the beginning was the Word. And the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. And then there are three that bear witness on earth. Okay, so he's talking about our journey right now. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, baptism in the Holy Spirit. The water, there's water baptism. And the blood, the blood of Jesus that covers our sins. And these three uh, 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 agree as one. What, what, what am I saying to you? I'm saying there's a journey for you to go on. There, there are steps for you to take. You don't yet have all that God wants you to have. You're somewhere, everyone in this room is somewhere on that journey. You might even, not even have taken that very first step, or you might, uh, you might be somewhere in the middle. But you've got more, I, I, me included. There, there, there is more for all of us to take part of uh, that God has to offer to us. And so I, I thought it might be helpful if I tell you a little bit about me and, and my journey of understanding the Holy Spirit, because it's sometimes helpful to hear just someone else's story. It's just my story. It, it can't be any different because it's my story. Um, but it, here, here's, here's my journey. When I was a kid, I, I grew up around all of church kinds of stuff. Again, that's my story. I d- didn't choose my parents. Uh, my dad was a pastor, and so I just grew up going to church. I was, I was in church uh, Sunday morning. I was in church Sunday night. I was in church Monday and Tuesday doing something, and then on Wednesday night there was something, and then th- I just was raised. I, I remember when I was a kid, we had pews, and I used to lay on the pews, and we had, wooden, we had long uh, tile floors, and I would get down on the floor. I don't know why my mom let me do this, but I would get down on the floor, and I would look at all the people's feet, and I would guess who the feet were. Like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's Mary's ankles. Ooh, I look at, you know, and, and so I would, that was my little game. I would play when I was like seven or eight years old. And as part of the whole, whole experience, uh, I would go in the summers to children's camp, children's uh, church camp, and we'd go, and you know, you'd do all the things you do at camp, and swim, and eat, and you'd have chapel, and, and one, one of those days in Maxwell, Nebraska, uh, out near North Platte, Nebraska, western part of Nebraska, at, at camp, um, whatever, Camp Maxwell, I can't remember what it was called, but it, it, we're out there, and, and the guy who was up front giving the, the message to the kids was a guy that had puppets, and he had his, him and his wife and his daughter, and I'm nine, and I thought his daughter was hot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he tells us all about Jesus, right? I grew up around all this stuff, but I, he heard, heard about Jesus, and I went, you know, I think I, need, I think I need Jesus, plus she's really hot. I think I'm going to go up, and I'm going to see. So she was up front, and he invited all the kids to come up front, so I went up front, right? I don't know if that was the moment of my, my salvation, but it was certainly a, an awakening moment for me. And, and, and I, I, was, I grew up around all this stuff. Now, the, the, Jesus tells this famous story in Luke chapter 15 of the story of the prodigal son, and it's actually a story of two sons. There's a younger son who leaves and does all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and Jesus says, he's lost. But there's another son, an older brother, who stayed home and did all that he was supposed to do. 
And the point Jesus is making, if you read between the lines, is that brother was lost too. Just because he was around all the religious stuff didn't make him in the right. right? His heart was bitter. That was me. That was my story. Somewhere around 14 or 15 years of age, I realized, you know, this all kind of makes sense. I, I think there really is a God, and I think that I'm supposed to know him, and I think I'm supposed to follow him. And I made my own decision to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a follower of Jesus. And something came alive for me. Uh, but I, I didn't, I wasn't told, I wasn't, it wasn't explained to me about the Holy Spirit. And whenever I was taught about the Holy Spirit, it was stay away from those people. You know, you know your crazy cousins in Arkansas? The Holy Spirit's like, the people who do that, they're like your crazy cousins in Arkansas. Stay away from them. And so I just did. I just, I didn't have anything to do with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was an idea. And I, I got a, a, a degree in religion, and, I, and then I got a master's degree in theology. And the Holy Spirit was an idea that I could explain but I certainly wasn't experiencing in my life. There was, the Holy Spirit wasn't someone that walked with me every day in my everyday life. That just didn't even, didn't even register for me. I met some friends uh, from another country, and they're in England, and um, you've met one of them. He, we've had him here. His name is Paul McConaughey. Paul pastored a church in England, and, and they were teaching people that you could walk with the Holy Spirit every day. It didn't have to be weird, you could, but you could walk with the Holy Spirit every day. And I met Paul through a, a thing, and I, he didn't know me, I didn't know him, and he walked up to me and he said, you know, I think I have a word for you from God. I'd never heard anybody say that. I'm like, that's weird. Uh, what do you mean? He said, well, I, 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 it seems like the, the Lord is saying, and you figure out if this makes sense or not, um, but it seems like the Lord's saying that the fruit that you've seen in your life, in your ministry, is nothing compared to what you're going to see. I went, what? That opened a rabbit hole for me into the whole subject of the Holy Spirit. And I thought, okay, that guy has some experience of God that I don't, I know all the information, but he has an experience with God that I want. And that opened a rabbit hole for me to under, try and understand the Holy Spirit. And so this has been a, a multi-year, almost a decade-long journey now of me as a, as a follower of Jesus myself, trying to understand and walk with the Holy Spirit. And so it's led me down paths of praying for people to be healed. Uh, at one point, this was one of my first uh, uh, steps into this, uh, I, I was discipling some guys in the church I was pastoring, and uh, we were praying, you know, that God wanted to heal people, and Jesus healed people, and we're his disciples, so we're supposed to heal people too, and we didn't really know what all that meant, but that's another sermon, but I, he, I, I came in one day, and my knee for, had been hurting for a couple days. I didn't have any explanation why. I didn't hurt myself, but it just this pain, it wouldn't go away, and I went to him, and I said, hey, Charlie, can you, you've been learning about this praying, could you pray for me? So I kid you not, I've told you this story before if you've been here, uh, but he put his hand on my shoulder, and this is exactly what he prayed. Okay, God, so uh, do your magic. Amen. <laughs> Instantly, the pain in my knee was gone. Now, I, you, again, you go, ah, you're making, no, no, I'm telling you, that's exactly what happened. And so I've been a part now of being able to pray for some people. I've seen some people healed miraculously. I've seen some people healed emotionally, miraculously. I, that that un understanding of healing, it's a whole other subject we can get into. We've gotten into before. But now in my experience of walking with the Holy Spirit in a, in a naturally, supernatural kind of way, I see things happen virtually on an every week basis that I can't explain other than God's Spirit. I I'm so grateful, and I want it for you too, what the psalmist says in Psalm 73. You guide me with your, you hold me, you hold my right hand, you guide me with your counsel, and afterward you'll take me into glory. 
And I have things happen on virtually a weekly basis that I, I, that's, that's only God's spirit. I, I was uh, preparing that message one time, this is a, a couple years ago, but things like this happen on a kind of routine basis and talking about the Holy Spirit moving and uh, being a part of, and I was going to ask the question, hey, are you moving? And so I pulled in, I was going to write my message at a coffee shop and I pulled in and, and I got out, that was, we're, we're going through my head, are you moving? I got out, I walked around to go around the car next to me, and I looked at the license plate, and the license plate was a personalized license plate. Do you know what the personalized license plate, I have a picture of it, I could show it to you if you want to see it. Do you know what it said? Are you moving? <laughs> here's what I'm saying. You may go, I don't believe all that. Okay, fine, you don't have to believe all that. I'm just simply saying that when you get a hold of God's Holy Spirit, life looks different to you. It's not perfect, but life looks different to you. And you then, ha- you, you find out that you have the power to begin doing the things that Jesus asked you to do. We're going to look at that in a couple weeks. What, what is it Jesus asked you to do? And you need power to do what he's asked you to do. But, but this, this, this image, right, this baptism is from the outside in. And, and, and then P- Paul gives us another image in Ephesians 5 right here that we're looking at. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. So baptism's outside in, right? Wash me completely. I want to be immersed in this thing of the Holy Spirit. But then Paul says, not only that, let the Holy Spirit come on the inside of you and fill you from the inside out, like every possible direction that you're uh, under the power of the Holy Spirit. Now listen, here's, here's what Paul says. Notice the distinction he makes. He says, you're either going to try and find the buzz in some other way, or you're going to be filled with the Spirit. Now, let me just suggest something to you, okay? As a culture, we, the reason we are despairing over Las Vegas and despairing over our country is because we don't know how to find the buzz. And we are filled with something that does not satisfy us, so we return to something that gives us the buzz. Now, I'm not trying to tell you that alcohol is the devil's juice. The Bible doesn't say alcohol is a sin. It says being drunk is not w- the way to go. But, and, and this is, I have a prayer for you, okay? I, I've thought about this, and I'm praying this for you. I tell this to people on a regular basis when they talk about alcohol. The majority of people should probably never take another drink of alcohol in their lives, simply because the majority of people can't control themselves. There are some that can. And if you think you're one of the ones that can, ask five people if you can hold your liquor. And if they say yes, then okay. Five people that will tell you the truth, right? But here's my prayer for you, Okay. I'm praying this week that when you crack open a cold one or when you pop the cork, every time you do that, that the Holy Spirit reminds you that the real buzz is from him. And that you can be filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. Can we, can we admit, can we see that whatever is filling people in our country is not working? Can we admit that? Can we agree to that? And we need something else. Listen to what Paul says, what Jesus says, is you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, how do you do that? I'm going to give you four things. Um, the first thing is this. You've got to remove the barriers. What are the barriers you have? Maybe you grew up around hearing the Holy Spirit, and it was just, it was taught to you in the way it was taught to me. Like, stay away from those people, and you need to remove that barrier. M- maybe, you, you, maybe you struggle with understanding the Holy Spirit, and you need to delve in and understanding the Holy Spirit. You need to have a change of your mind. This is the way Peter uh, said it in Acts chapter 2. Repent, which means to change your mind and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you 
and for your children and for all who are far off. That pretty much covers the gamut of humanity, right? Me, my kids, and everybody who's at a distance from God and feels like they, they can't access the Holy Spirit. This promise is for all of us. This is promises for everybody in this room. So you've got to remove the barriers. The second thing is, is you've got to request, request the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is why I'm, this Holy Spirit prayer, come Holy Spirit, all the way down, all the way in, all the way through. If you have it for me, I want it. Listen, everything that God has for you is good for you. <laughs> Did you know that? Nothing God has for you is bad for you. It's all good for you. And if he has the Holy Spirit for you, guess what? It's incredibly good for you. If you knew who the Holy Spirit was, you would want the Holy Spirit at every inch of your life. This is how Jesus said it. He said, listen, if you, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to someone who asks? So you just got to ask. I need the Holy Spirit in my life. Third thing is this, is you've got to receive the Holy Spirit by faith. I, I don't know why God does this, but uh, almost always when you have to take a step with God, it's a step of faith. I watched an interview with Harrison Ford the other day and he's helping to reboot another franchise he was a part of, and uh, one of the franchises, a movie franchises he was a part of was Indiana Jones, and maybe you remember Indiana Jones, the movie he's in, and he has to go out and he has to take this leap of faith, right? There's this step, and he's get, it looks like he's stepping into nothing, and he goes, I gotta take the step up, and there was a bridge he didn't see, right? You, you have to, in some way, you have to take that, you have to take the step and say, okay, by faith, I, 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 don't, I don't fully understand it, I don't fully get it all, but I, I need it. But there are different levels at which you can do this. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 47, one of the prophets in the Old Testament, he gives this image about the temple where God's presence is and that, that coming out of the, the temple, God's presence is a river. He gives this kind of metaphor. And he says this river uh, in Ezekiel 47, he says there was a man and he went with a measuring line in his hand and he measured off a thousand cubits. That's a cubits, 18 inches, so it's about 1,500 feet. And he led me through water that was ankle deep, right? Some of us when we get, hear about the Holy Spirit, we're like, you know what? I'll get my feet a little bit wet. I'll dip my toe in. I'll watch some other people go through stuff, but I don't want, to, I don't want anything to do with that. He said, but then, then the man went out, and he, he uh, let, measured off another 1,500 feet, and he led me through water that was knee-deep, right? Some of you are that way. You're like, well, you know, I was kind of hot, and it was a hot day, and I put my knees, I put my feet down in there, and that water feels nice. Ooh, that feels really good. I wonder what it would be like to go all the way in. Oh, I don't want to do that. Then he said that the man went out another 1,500 feet, and he led me through water that was up to the waist. Oh, I can feel it pulling on me. I mean, I feel it almost pushing me over. I'm not sure I want to be here, but, man, this feels good. He said, then this is it. This is the thing. Then he measured off another 1,000, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. What, what's he saying? At some point, you have to let go, right? They all involve water, but three of them, you're still in charge. <laughs> the fourth one, you ain't in charge no more. You have, to, you have to pick your feet up and go where the river's going. And if you read later, further on in Ezekiel 47, it says, and, and in the middle of the river, that's where the life was. See, that, when, you, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you're full of life. In fact, Paul says it in Galatians, at the end of Galatians, he says the fruit of the Spirit is things like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. You want anything in that list, that all comes from the Holy Spirit and being full of the Holy Spirit. You want those things increasing measure in your life, be full of the Holy Spirit. You get more of those things in your life. 
Now, we're talking about the wind, right? But I, th I thought about this a little bit more, and I thought about what you could do with wind. The wind could blow, and we could resist the wind, couldn't we? I mean, we could lean into the wind. We could, we could resist where the wind's blowing and say, I don't want I don't, to I don't let the wind blow me anywhere. Or you could hide from the wind. Here's the breath of God that wants to <coughs> blow freedom from addiction into your life. And you could hide from that. Here's the breath of God that wants to bring healing to your marriage. And you could hide from that. You could resist that. What's the other option with wind? Right? You, you could put up your sail. And you could go with the wind. So that your everyday normal experience is that you're walking and you're keeping in step with the Holy Spirit of God. I'd, I'd like just the last thing I want to do is you, you need to relate to the Holy Spirit every day. And so I want to pray a prayer for you. We looked at this verse of scripture a couple weeks ago, but I want to pray it over you as a prayer. I want to invite you to close your eyes if you would. I'm going to keep my eyes open. But I'm going to pray this, this prayer. I'm going to pray that God, that the amazing grace of the Master Jesus, the grace of God that loves us when we're unlovable, the grace of God that loves us when we didn't earn or deserve anything, the grace of God that's kind to us when we've been unkind. I pray that the amazing grace of Jesus and the extravagant love of the Father that loves his kids who've gone off like the younger son or stayed home and gotten bitter like the older son. And that the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit, the, the closeness that your spirit wants to have in our life and be a part of walking in our life, I pray that that would be present in every person in this room in an increasing way, in an increasing measure. And then now as your, as your head's still down and you're just kind of having your own quiet moment with God, I, I, would, I would wonder um, where you are on your spiritual journey. Is, is, the, is the thing that you need to be immersed in uh, God's forgiveness and salvation? Is this, is this a moment? This is a personal thing. This is, if you say, I, man, I need that. I, I just need a new start in my life. I need a new guide in my life. I I need Jesus in my life. If that's you, just no one's looking at you. Just would you just slip your hand up and down? Just say I need that. Yeah, all across the room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, maybe you would say, you know, I need uh, the Holy Spirit is just a word to me. I need the Holy Spirit of God in my life. I would love to have a guide every day that walks with me and that fills me and is making me into a different kind of a person. I would love that. If that's you and you, you say, I would love that, I, I want that. I'm not quite sure how to get it, but I would like that. Would you just slip your hand up and down? Just say that, yeah, all across the room. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, put your hands down if you could. So now, God, uh, we need your Holy Spirit to come all the way down. We need every bit of you. So thank you that you uh, reveal yourself to us. That you're the, that you're the comforter. You're the one who empowers us. You're the one that comes close beside us. You're the one that guides us and directs us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, I pray that you would come all the way in. Uh, many of us have a lot of barriers. We've got locked closets. We've got a basement we don't want anybody going into. 
we want to throw open all the doors, we want to open up the windows, and we want the breeze of your spirit to come in, to blow life into us, to blow hope into us, to blow faith into us, to blow joy into us. Lord, we, we want that. We want that. So we ask for that. We ask for your spirit to come and fill us in a new and fresh way. Thank you. I pray this in your name. Amen. I invite you to stand with me if you would. Our prayer team is going to be down front. If you'd like to pray with someone at the close of the service about anything we've talked about today, just something in your life, you need someone to pray with you, they'll be down front. Um, would you receive this blessing as you, as you leave today? Will you, may you know the power of the Holy Spirit who's able to clean you out in the right way so that you can leave loving God, loving people, and serving the world in his name. Hug somebody, tell them you love them. See ya.